we talk about yams and mashed potatoes, carrots, donuts, donuts, sides, turkey, fried turkey. This is the Bearded Carcast, Thanksgiving week edition. Pre-Thanksgiving, I should say. Last week, we drove to a donut place in York, yes. South Carolina, and now we're back in Rock Hill. And we're not going to a donut place. Are we not going because you didn't like the donuts? You know, I actually thought about it, but is it fair to any of the great places we've been to uh, to go there twice before we've gone to some other places twice? How did you feel after eating those donuts? I felt fine. Did I you felt not? fine, too, but I think more than a donut is too much. Really? Yeah. I, no, I was good. I, did, uh, I had a full jelly donut, and then I had half of that fritter and half of the uh, other apple thing yeah i had like half of the bear claw and a fritter and i probably had half of a donut more than i needed to have well you know but you didn't balance it out with wonton soup we should have done that we should have gotten some that's what we should have done today we should have gone back there and eaten chinese when we go back there maybe we'll take ken helpin there maybe that'll be our ken helpin yeah do something on the road but we definitely need to go back there and try, like maybe the pastrami, like yeah. get get almost like uh, what isn't there a show that does that? Like you you just get a bunch of sh- stuff. Yeah, it, it'd be our version of dim sum on the east coast. Can we have someone like eat instead of us? We could bring you know bearded carcast at outlook dot com if you'd like <laughs> to come to Rainbow Donuts and be our and eat Chinese. Well, food. it's also no, it's Rainbow Donuts. This is an amazing opportunity to come to a donut yeah. place and eat Chinese food. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? Beardedcartcastedoutlook.com. We're paying <laughs> as much as you yeah. can eat. The more, the better. Right. As much Chinese food in York, South Carolina, yeah. with that very large Chinese population, at a donut shop. All right, shop. so who in addition to Carlisle's wants to join us? <laughs> Beardedcartcastedoutlook.com. And also, always on Twitter, at Beardedcartcast. And have you, I don't know if you've noticed this in Season 3, but we're now on Stitcher. We so, are. So please listen I there. was actually looking at Stitcher the other Our day. Our Stitcher numbers have doubled. Well, we've got a lot. It's like up to five, we've I got think. Several re- <laughs> <laughs> we've got several <laughs> reviews on iTunes, most of them pretty good, and we appreciate that. But I don't think we have any reviews on Stitcher. Yeah. So we could use those. Yeah. Good, bad, or otherwise, donuts or not, yeah. we could use some reviews. Dave and I are pro-First Amendment, so you will not be... Uh, Sent to jail for giving your review. I feel An like review. I feel like people that rip us are more honest than those that say, "Oh, it's great." Well, if it was really that great, there'd be a lot more people. Well, listening. that would actually be probably be more would be more likely to talk about the pans. Yeah, no the, question. You know, no e- either question. to refute or to laugh. Exactly, or both. And speaking of refuting yeah. and laughing, <laughs> the owner of the Carolina Panthers was very non-committal about his uh, general manager and his coach yesterday. The Panthers lost, I don't know, some people would call it a heartbreaker. I just thought they lost. But that's not a surprise based on the No, the, it's the, the only answer of, you would expect. The, well, that and he'd also come out last week and basically kind of said that he wasn't happy. So you wouldn't expect a, a third straight loss and a loss coming on the heels of the that kind of the fireside chat he had with the media that uh, th- that he'd be noncommittal about that stuff. And look, Dave, there's five games left. They're playing for, you know, everybody's playing for their either their jobs, uh, whether it's here or they're going to play if they're in Carolina or if they're going to be somewhere else in the NFL. Yeah, and I'm beginning to hear a groundswell of, and I agree with this, if Ron Rivera is dismissed, he will get a job somewhere else. I think that's right. I think his resume has justified him being a head coach in the NFL. But you more than me often says, 
sometimes there comes a time when you need a new voice and a new approach. And I'm not sure that that time hasn't come. You know, I don't, I don't know yet. Uh, we have seen what, I mean, look, in the big Petri dish of his tenure here, they have played awfully well in the month of December. Well, guess what? What's missing that he's had all those other years except for the last two years? But, but that's, a healthy Cam Newton. But it's except the last two years. There's just can be no expectation that you're going to have a healthy Cam Newton for no, 16 that's true. games that's anymore. True. But you can at least start planning for that. You know, I was watching yesterday's game. It was, it was kind of number two on my list of priorities. I really wanted to watch that Philadelphia-Seattle game. And then I had the Panthers on my second TV. And... I thought Kyle Allen was pretty good. He was. He wasn't flawless, but he was close to it. He gives me the feeling that he is going to be an NFL quarterback. The question is, is he an NFL starting quarterback? And I don't think the upside is extraordinary. I don't think at any point he's going to be one of the five or eight best players in the league. But can he be the 15th best quarterback in the NFL? Very possibly. Is that the way you want to build your team? I don't know. Well, I think that at the very least what he did is if you put a checklist together of a young player to get to be a starter, one of the steps along the way is can you prove that you could at least be a serviceable backup or, or a guy that could pinch hit when needed? And I think he's definitely done that. Well, particularly since it appears that at their best, the offense is going to revolve around Christian McCaffrey. He is one of the best players in the league. Panthers have a good year. Panthers have a bad year. Talk about the offensive line. Talk about the quarterback. Talk about the defense. He is a tremendous player, a pass catcher, a blitz pickup guy, a runner, a between-the-tackles guy, an outside. Like, like He can really do it all. He's the guy you're building your offense around. Right. Now, the problem is the durability of running backs in the NFL. Right. It's not like you've got him for eight or ten years. He's going to be really good probably for the next three or four years. At least. So, right. so at that point, you know, what do you do? How do you position your franchise for the future? And that's that's the big question. And if you dismiss the head coach, you probably lose the offensive coordinator, who most people think is is pretty good He's at pretty his job. Good and, and has found a way to utilize Christian McCaffrey in that Swiss Army knife role. And, and you can make the argument yesterday, you know, he wasn't that effective necessarily running the ball. I mean, they ran it like 20 times to him for 64, 65 yards. But then he had like nine catches for about 69 yards. And so now his production becomes 130-plus yards as opposed to, you know, if he gets stoned and he's only rushing for 50 or 60 yards. He, he's been fantastic. And when you look at what he does very well, not, I mean, obviously the running back, he, but I forget the number, but his percentage of targets to catches is amazingly he, he, high. He's great. He's a great football player. He's the best player on the team. But you do have team. to wonder about his durability. Well, yeah, but you I mean, that's every running back in the yeah. league. Todd Gurley was the best player in the league two years ago, and now, you know, he, he's a good player. I mean, you, you want him on right. your team, but you're not jumping up and down about having him right. more so than 10 other But every team backs. is two weeks away from disaster. Right, and, and but like that's the interesting thing about where the Panthers are. They have a hard schedule down the stretch. I think they're going to finish 7-9. and nine. I think they're going to change course with coach and general manager. But the margins are so small. Yesterday was the third game they could have, should have, would have won that's very close. You win two of those three, 
Maybe you're nine and seven. Maybe you're ten and six. It's a whole different narrative that doesn't have anything to do with Cam Newton. Yeah, and, and you know, you, there's other scenarios too. I mean, you could look at maybe you know one more year for the brain trust, but maybe there's some movement on some of these the assistant Definitely. coaches. I mean, that might be because in, in the evaluation, I think to be fair to Ron, you know, the the plan every year is going in is to have Cam Newton. The last two years, he hasn't had that. Now. Kyle Allen, I think, has done a really good job stepping in. Young quarterback. This is based, essentially he's still technically a rookie. I mean, it's his second year in the league, but as far as reps and you're developing this guy, you know, I think at the very least with a really good defense, if Kyle Allen learns, continues to learn and, and gets better at protecting the football. I feel like we have the same discussion yeah. every week. They're not a playoff team. They're not going to be a playoff team. But there are some built-in excuses, and there are some building blocks. So at some point, it comes down to, does Dave Tepper want to keep it the same and roll it over another year and see if you get incrementally better, you're a little more healthy, or does he want to make wholesale changes? I mean, mean, they are what they are. They are a solid, average, pretty good, okay sort of team. There's no shame in that. Is that good enough? Is there enough excuses to say, let's try one more year? My guess, and it is purely a guess, is this is a guy who has seen extraordinary success in everything he's done in his life, in business, and he, he's seen so-so for long enough, and, I and think he's, he's going to change. I think he has seen enough after this season that he will have I, – I, This is what we don't know what this direction is going to be, but I think we'll have a clear sense of what that direction will be after the, the within a week or two or a month of when the season ends and I'm sure he'll talk to the media after that and you'll get a you'll get a sense of where his head's at. Yeah, I I, I think so too. But they are not where he wants them no. to be. Right now, I think you can argue maybe more than 5, but I think you can argue there are 5 best teams in the NFL. In the AFC, you can talk about New England and Baltimore. Obviously, we're, we're taping this on Monday late afternoon, so we haven't seen Baltimore's game against the L.A. Rams tonight. Right. And in the NFC, Seattle, San Francisco, New Orleans. It's perfectly fine if you would like to talk about Dallas. I think they're a pinch below. Um, or Kansas City. They, they, I think, are a step behind. Not to say that they won't be there a month or six weeks well, from now. Well, they can now. get hot in the last I three, actually four weeks think Philadelphia is going to win the NFC East because they play the easiest schedule in the NFL down the stretch, yeah. and I believe they host Dallas. So I think they probably beat Dallas, gain a game there, win that division. I think that's a one-playoff team division. But, but yeah. break it down however you want. Maybe Green Bay, maybe Minnesota are in that discussion. Maybe somebody comes on late. We've seen that before. But I think it's reasonable to believe that those are the five best teams at this stage in the game. It's impossible not to have watched the Sunday night game and be unbelievably impressed by San Francisco. But we're talking about San Francisco being perhaps the best team in the league before we watch Baltimore on Monday night. They have been the talk of the league over the last two or three months. Last week on our Bearded Carcast, we talked about teams peaking too early. Your favorite team is New England. It kind of feels to me like they are just getting to the point in the year where they've begun to figure a few things out, and they're beginning to shape what their team is going to look like. It was so clear to me 
when the Cowboys trailed by four down the stretch against New England, that the Patriots are a different team this year than they've been in the past, that they weren't going to then score a touchdown, go up 11, and end the game. They were going to get a first down or two, punt the ball, and say, our defense is so good, we're going to win this game by four points because you didn't go for the touchdown with six minutes to go. You elected to kick the field goal. Our defense will do the job the rest of the way. And I think one of the things that's been the genius of, of Bill Belichick and, and the Patriots is that they've win, they've won with different teams. It's not the same formula week after week. And, you know, I don't know if you saw – I saw a little bit of this on Sunday. They played on the Fox uh, pregame show. I guess they had Bill Belichick in you know, about six months ago when they were putting together the special that they're releasing now over the next couple of weeks, they're 100. And uh, Every time they preview that. It looks tremendous. I haven't watched. Yeah, the, the, Have you? I mean, the two minutes I saw was great. I didn't see the whole thing, but you know, I mean, you know, Bill Belichick. It's funny because he said it's not really genius what we're doing. He's like, you know, we f- we find what our strengths are, we find what your strengths and weaknesses are, and then we play to your weaknesses. Which is actually though kind of enlightening, and it's something we've always thought. So many teams, quote unquote. Do what we do. We're a running team, and we run the ball, and we control the time of possession, and we pass on third down, or occasionally we use play action. It has always seemed that Bill Belichick had a new game plan for every opponent. It's fresh, and it's unpredictable. It's the reason the Patriots have always been the worst team to have fantasy football players on, because one week, it's the Sonny Michelle show, and the next week, Sonny Michelle isn't in the game plan. One week, it's we're winning the game 60-50, to and the next week, we're trying to win 13-7, because Bill Belichick is looking at what the opponent draws up and says, here's how we can beat this team. James White didn't catch a pass this last week. Does that mean he's not going to catch 10 next week? Nope. He might catch 10 next week. Well, and I would say about this year's edition of the Patriots, the offense hasn't hurt them except maybe in the Ravens game. Uh, That defense has just been so good and made so many great plays that, um, you know, that's been the, the strength of this team. So, I mean, moving forward, we'll see. But just to get back to your... Well, and you wonder, and you, you don't give any other coach in football this sort of respect. They lose the Ravens game. They're dominated. Baltimore is the clear, yeah. better team. Every other team, those teams play again, and you go, well, you know, the first time Baltimore was much, much better. Why wouldn't they be right. this time? With Belichick, you go... You know, is it possible that he just didn't want to show him anything and kind of was like using the game so that he had tape and the next time they play, he can pull something out of his sleeve? Like, he has gained a level of respect. No one had an answer for the Rams' offense last year. Belichick took two weeks, and the Rams in the Super Bowl had nothing. Like So, like, if Baltimore and New England played – on a neutral site right now, I'm going to tell you I think the line is something like Baltimore three. Mm. Would you take Baltimore laying a couple of points, a few points, or would you take New England? You don't have to think about it. You'd take New England. Uh, take New England, yeah. Right. Even though you watched an entire game of Baltimore clocking New England. Why would you say that? Because you believe in Bill Belichick. And I don't, I don't have the number in front of me, and I'll, I will actually try and research this, and I'm sure it'll, it'll come. It's probably in the Patriots game notes somewhere. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, and, and I put this in two different categories. What is Bill Belichick's 
record against opponents the second time he has seen them. Now, one will be obviously the divisional numbers, but I think it would be interesting to see when he's played a team in the regular season and then played them in the playoffs and to see what that number is. Because I'm going to guess it's probably a 75% winning percentage or higher. It feels like to me that other than John Harbaugh and Rex Ryan, nobody ever beats Bill Belichick. I mean, and, and I'm not saying... There's a game here. Well, I, Doug Peterson did. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, of course. And, yeah, and, and Tom, Tom Coughlin, Coughlin yeah. did. And we saw we saw Houston beat him in the yeah. – I mean, the, people win regular season right. games against him. But, boy, in the postseason, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. That, that's the thing about the 49ers. They looked so good last night against Green Bay. But I believe their next two games are Baltimore and New Orleans. Not only are they playing really, really good teams, they're playing really, really good coaches. You and I were working the night of the Monday night loss for San Francisco against Seattle. But, the thought was that that's a game they should have tied or right. won. Maybe Kyle Shanahan made some mistakes. Right. I'm really high on Shanahan. I think everywhere he's gone, his teams have overachieved. Yeah. But it's a different level when you're now talking about playing against the best, Sean Payton, playing yeah. against the best, John Harbaugh, playing against Pete Carroll. We'll know a lot about San Francisco in the next few weeks. Well, and here's their, their last... Uh their last remaining games. You're, you're, you're right on. They're uh, at Baltimore, at New Orleans. Then they're home for the next two games against the Falcons, which you would think is an easy, winnable game. Then they're uh, they're hosting the Rams, and then they're uh, at Seattle to end the year. Right, so, and can you bring up Seattle's schedule? Yes, I because can. Seattle is just a game back of San Francisco, would have the tiebreaker having beaten the 49ers the first time. And the difference in winning the division and being a wild card is enormous because you're talking about being a one or a two seed, maybe controlling home field throughout the playoffs or having potentially to go on the road for three consecutive games to go to the Super Bowl. All right, here's Seattle's. They're uh, at home against the Vikings. They travel to the Rams. They travel to the Panthers. In back, so back-to-back weeks, Rams, and then at Panthers on the road, home for their final two games. Cardinals, which again you would think would be, although with their history, uh, you know, I know it's a different coaching staff. Uh, and then San Francisco to finish up. Golly, that's not that's, that's not, not easy, easy either. either. I mean, th- those teams, whoever comes out of that and is either the one or two seed in the NFC, they, they are going it. to be battle yeah. tested. Yeah. A- a- and the other one. They're going to be the team you don't want to play. Can you imagine? You're a division champion. You're going. It's probably the winner of the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Dallas or Philadelphia is going to have to host San Francisco or Seattle <laughs> yeah, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. That is not an enviable spot to be. And the other wild card team is probably Minnesota. Right, unless Minnesota beats Green Bay. Yeah. So, so then Minnesota is. Those two road games are are cagey. Tough teams. that The NFC playoffs are loaded. Do you have a pick? Is there one of those teams, New Orleans, San Francisco, Seattle, right or, now, or somebody else that you prefer? I would say right now I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd be buying San Francisco, and I say that because I've already seen the Rams live. I've seen San Francisco. So just based on my and The Rams test, don't look like a playoff team, no. even though I still think they're yeah. pretty darn talented. Yeah. No, they are talented, no doubt about it. I, I still think in the NFC it's – it's the Saints. It's it's probably it's probably the Saints, Seattle, uh, so New Orleans, Seattle, or San Francisco. Those would be my top three. And I think Minnesota is is 
maybe a tick below, but right in that and mix. And Green Bay? Green, I, I'm not sold on Green Bay. I know Green Bay. Uh, I think Green, I agree. I think Green Bay is winnable, uh, is beatable. You know, the Panthers almost beat them. Um, so, you know, and again, the margin. And then in the AFC, obviously, it's New England and Baltimore and then the field. Well, I don't agree with that. I think when it's all said and done, Kansas City's going to be the third Kansas best City's team good, in the AFC. Kansas City's good, but yeah, I think they are the third, but I think I mean, they're you, tick, at least you, two ticks below. You and so many other people will talk about Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And, and yes, Russell Wilson is amazing. And Deshaun Watson has had an unbelievable season. But if you're talking about trying to outscore somebody in the playoffs, and maybe it doesn't work. Maybe Kansas City's defense is flat out not good enough. We know that Andy Reid's an amazing Hall of Fame coach, but in the playoffs, his track record is really spotty. But if you want one guy to go out there and throw for 500 yards and four touchdowns in the playoffs, that's the guy. Now, against the New England defense, I don't know. And again, that doesn't always win you games. It wins you games in the regular season. That doesn't necessarily always win you games. That's right. Now, let me ask you this. If you are New England or Baltimore, and you, you, you're thinking long haul here. You're thinking deep run into the playoffs. You're thinking we want to be as healthy as possible come the biggest games. How important is it to be the number one seed, seeing as how if you're the two, you're likely seeing Patrick Mahomes in the second round of the playoffs? No, no, that. If you're New England, you want— Every, you want Baltimore at home. You don't want to travel to Baltimore. Right. I mean, I know that's thinking, you know, an extra game down the line. Yeah, I'd rather face. Um, and there's no margin for error for New England no. because they lost the game to Baltimore. They lose right. the tiebreaker. Right, right. So they basically have to stay a game up on the Ravens. But I think, and if you open up the New England schedule, I think the Patriots have. They do play the, they play the Chiefs in two weeks. I think they have like two more tough games. They have Houston and Kansas City. But I think they they end the way they started against the Buffaloes and Miamis. Well, so the New England schedule. Uh, all right, Houston. Uh, I think Bill O'Brien beat him in the regular season a couple years past, ago. Yeah. At okay, so at Houston, they're at Houston this coming week at the um, Sunday night game, and then they play Kansas City at home or at Kansas City. Kansas City is home, and then you have at the Bengals, and then you're home against the Bills and the Dolphins. Yeah, a- a- and the first time they played the Bills, it was a close game. There was that block kick, yeah. a- a- and the Bills are solid. I don't think they're spectacular, but I do think that they're decent, pretty good. But they're they're going to rip Cincinnati and Miami if they have to, right. which means are they going to run the table? Are they going to beat Houston, Kansas City, Buffalo? Are they going 5-0 and to win the number one seed? You, you have to think, bring up Baltimore's schedule while we're at it. You have to think that they may need It was already all- there, Dave. It was waiting. It was waiting. <laughs> you, 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 like, okay, let's look at So the- they got the Rams tonight. Right? So then they got uh, San they- Francisco at home. So that's next week. Yeah. Then they got Buffalo on the road. The Jets, the Browns, and the Steelers. So if you up. forecast one Ravens loss... Whether it's the Rams or 49ers. They could get clipped in Bills. either one of the next two weeks. Right. If you forecast one Ravens loss, then the Patriots can lose, can one, lose one game. game. Yeah. If the Ravens were to run the table, the Patriots would also need to run the table Correct. to get that number one seed. But it's a gauntlet for for Baltimore to win Monday night at the Rams, then fly cross country. They are at home, but it's a short week they're, they're to home face on a short San week Francisco. To, right, right. And you know, you know, I don't, I don't think Buffalo is an upper, 
upper echelon team. They're a good team, but uh, well, and Baltimore that's a home game for Baltimore. Is, it could be weather. No, it's a home game for Buffalo. It's Buffalo at. No, it's Baltimore at Buffalo. Yeah, right. So so Baltimore's on the road, whereas the Patriots face Buffalo in Correct. Yeah, I was talking about the Ravens on the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. So so I would say Baltimore's schedule is more difficult I would than so. New England's right. schedule. I mean, I think the the Patriots probably go four and one in this next five game stretch. Yeah. That's pro I mean, that's probably the most likely. And I'd say the Ravens probably you know, one loss, maybe two losses, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if they win they go five and one as well. Yeah, they could run it. I mean, th- th- that's not a, a crazy, but it's not. An if easy I gave you AFC NFC, who wins the Super Bowl? So you can have maybe you don't like the Chiefs. You can have Ravens, yeah. New England on one side, or that group of NFC teams. Whether you, you like Minnesota and and Green Bay, or you, you get the upper echelon teams, the the New Orleans. Right. Well, see, this that's an interesting San question. Francisco, I think that's Seattle. an interesting question. Depend on how you phrase it. If you're saying, would I pick an AFC or an NFC team? Uh, I think the the chances are an NFC team winning is probably greater based on just talent of teams. But I still think right now, based on that defense, that it it's I still think it goes through New England. I, I still think it's the Patriots, the a- winning the AFC, and I still see them winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, but but I will say this, Dave: if it's not, if it's not, I'm gun shy. I like the NFC teams better. I think they are more complete football teams. I think the NFC as a whole is better, so therefore the top teams right. have faced better competition. But I liked the Rams in the Super Bowl last year, yeah. and that didn't work out <laughs> too well. And, 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 like, as much as the Patriots' offense just isn't very good, who is the Patriots' best offensive player right now? It's Julian Edelman. Yeah, I mean, he's banged up a little bit, He's too. a complimentary yeah. player. He's not the best player on any team that has ever won a Super Bowl. He, you've never had that bad a player be the best offensive player on a team that won the Super Bowl. But their defense, particularly the secondary, is so good, and there is so much confidence yeah. in Bill Belichick scheming it up and figuring it out. I, I would take the NFC. If you said, let's make a bet, right. you won the AFC or NFC, yeah. I would take the yeah. NFC. But, I, but I'm gun-shy about it because betting against Bill Belichick just ha- has not been a, a great tactic to take. Bearded Carcast, Dave Friedman, I am Mike Pacheco. Glad you're listening. Hopefully on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, any one of the three are acceptable. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you at Bearded Carcast. Uh, How's our Twitter account doing? It, it, it's doing. We, we don't probably pay as much attention to the Twitter account as we should. Yeah, be. I bet if people added us, we would pay more yeah, attention. Yeah, at uh, Bearded Carcast on Twitter is how you get a hold of us. Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. Come on, you can come in, Alyssa. It's, we're just doing a podcast. <laughs> we're in the media room, so you never know who shows up. Right. I mean, we're sort of open to the audience. Yeah. We, we can and don't, you don't have to be quiet. Sound as much noise as you want. That's and it's good. a podcast. You can curse if you really want. <laughs> Is that appropriate in the workplace? Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it clean. So Thanksgiving is Thursday. Yeah. We talked a little bit last week about some of our Thanksgiving favorites. But what about football? Like, were you one of those guys that you went to a high school football game oh, yeah. or played backyard football yeah. on, on Thanksgiving? Both. Yeah, we would. Uh, we would. Uh, Arlington Summerall was the big rivalry. Right. With, and they don't play anymore. Now it's Arlington, Arlington Catholic, which uh, I was, wasn't a fan of when I heard about that. But uh, yeah, it was it was um, 
and then just playing with my brothers uh, and cousins and stuff like so that. So what what was Thanksgiving like when you were twelve years old? So we would when I was twelve, we would get up. Uh, we had we were we were uh, a paper route family. So uh, at twelve, I don't think I had my own route. I think I was helping my brother Ted. So I was probably uh, not probably Ted we were, who who joined us in Hartford. No, that was Jack. Okay, yeah, all right. no Ted. Ted hasn't made an appearance on the Bearded Carcast yet. Maybe that's uh, why our ratings stink. <laughs> You should get them to sell it. Um, so, uh, so we would get up early, uh, and we would get uh, we would we'd have to fill the newspaper. So you'd get the newspaper, and you'd get the like a Sunday paper, and you'd have to put the ads. In Extra the, pay for Thanksgiving no, doing not this? Really, no. <laughs> and then we'd deliver those, uh, and then my dad would probably uh, take us to Dunkin' Donuts if it was open, and then we'd come back home. And my mother would do like a big bacon and egg, you know, breakfast, and then we'd start. Uh, then would then would get ready to go to the football game, and then when we came back, would uh, would have you know probably around four o'clock, would have the Thanksgiving bonanza. You know, my mother would do uh, obviously the turkey, sometimes a roast beef, sometimes a ham, uh, and the sides would be uh, family recipes for bean casserole, uh, my mother's mashed potatoes, usually uh, carrots, and my mother my mother would do baked potato and mashed potato, so you could have your choice of Either or or both. I like baked potatoes. Uh, gravy. I'm a huge. So I liked either mashed or baked potato. I would. My my dad would cut up carrots, and literally they were. I mean, it was almost like he was a machine. They would be all be the same size. How do you like your baked potato made? Um. So I like. So now it's different. So after I moved out of the house and saw the world a little bit, uh, my my culinary. Taste, Did you go to Idaho? No, no, and what I mean by that is um, just just the way we prepared at home. It was always just butter, you know, baked potato and butter. Uh, I don't ever remember sour cream until I was older. Now, loaded baked potato. It's you know, it's the bacon bits. It's the child. I don't like all that stuff. Here's the key: and cheese. I like russet potatoes. better than any other type of potatoes. And I want you to bake that thing to death. I want it to be crunchy and crispy. I mean, if the directions say bake it for an hour, bake it for two hours. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Crunchy. um, So this is what I would do. It it was his own own appetizer, right? Or side, right? So you'd cut it up, load it up with butter, and just crunch it in there. Then put the carrots, the crushed carrots, put those in there too. No, I'm not doing that. No, so actually, I, I take that back. I would empty all that stuff out, all the potato out, and then put all that stuff on there and gravy and mash it all together. Delicious. And then I'd put a little bit of butter on the inside of the skin and then eat the skin. Yeah, the skin and the crunch, that's yeah. that's the key. That's the key to me. But what about football? You just gave us your tradition and it involved going to Dunkin' Donuts and your yeah. mom making food. No, what about? No, I said uh, we'd go to the high school game and then um, you know we might come home and play a little football before the. What about watching football? Um, yeah, I mean it was on when we had dinner, but we weren't really a huge watching football. Okay, what about now? Like, will you watch the? I think the early game is is. Dallas and Buffalo this year, right? And then Chicago and Detroit is after that. Maybe I have them backwards. And then now we have, you know, more modern times. There's the late game, New Orleans and Atlanta this year. Like, like, does your current Thanksgiving Day uh, routine involve football? We've been to our house. So we have have a TV in the kitchen and we have a TV in the TV room. Uh, And so one or both of those TVs will be on. I call that Maddie's room. Yeah, Maddie's room. That was Maddie's room. Uh, Now it's Faith and Karma's room. Um so we'll we'll be watching the game while we're preparing dinner. Uh, now, what about the parade? 
Yeah, that's on too. In the morning? Yeah. Yeah, the parade's on. The Macy's. We're, we're, we're an NBC family when it comes to that stuff. Um, now, when I go outside to do the fried turkey, that's when I come a little uh, unglued with the TV. So I can't really watch the game while I'm keeping an eye on the fried turkey. But when we're just doing the baked turkey, yeah, we Let have me ask you this. This year's games, I would not say, are amazing. They're okay. Chicago and Detroit, Buffalo and Dallas, New Orleans and Atlanta. I guess if, if I was going to watch one, it would be Buffalo and, and Dallas. Those are probably the two best teams playing the, the game that has the most at stake. Right. But if there was a really good game, I mean, I mean, two of the, the best teams in the NFL. Let's say, I think next week, Baltimore plays San Francisco. Yeah. If Baltimore and San Francisco were the late game, would you change your schedule to make sure you were watching that game? No, I mean, I wouldn't say change the schedule, but that's what we'd be watching. I mean, it's not like, cause, I mean, at nighttime, it's basically. Uh, what, what, it was, well, okay, then let's say, you know I mean? Like, I let's mean, say the middle game was Dallas and Green Bay. It, again, it's on. It's on. It's just a matter of if the game's entertaining, we're watching it more, or we're cutting up carrots. I it mean, sounds like it sounds like a, a low to medium priority. Uh, I would disagree with that from this standpoint. It's not like it's not on. It's just we're not. Um, and this is, I think, where you and I and our families may be a little bit different. We were never like shut everything down and just watch the game. We're we've always been like, okay, we have the game on. We're going to be doing stuff. But it's usually around the TV, so it's like we're watching it. But well, we're you've met my family yeah. before. We're not the most athletic group, <laughs> so we're not running around tackling each other. No, no, but we wouldn't. I, uh, right, as kids, so we're kind of crossing generations here. As kids, we would go out and play, but we'd, we'd come back in and watch the end of the game or whatever. So that wasn't a priority to us. Um, but I, I also don't think, when I, and I'm a little bit older than you, the NFL was still you know the number one sport, but I, it wasn't. You know, when I was like 13, 14, 15, you couldn't get every game. I mean, if you wanted to watch those games, uh, and even up and through college, after college, uh, you know, if you wanted to watch every single game, you had to go out to a bar. So, I, But not on Thanksgiving. No, but, uh, but I'm building up to that. Um, we were a Patriots family, and we would watch the Patriots. But if there was another team playing that didn't involve the Patriots, we, we probably weren't really giving yeah. too much of a hoot. Yeah. So if the Patriots were playing on – on Thanksgiving, it would be a big deal, but I don't think they played their first Thanksgiving game until like five or ten years ago. I mean, well, I mean, with Detroit and Dallas yeah. playing every year, and at least one of those games going to have another yeah. NFC team in it. Because the Panthers have only played Thanksgiving once in their uh, twenty-five plus years, which makes sense because yeah. they're uh, not a huge draw nationally. Yeah. And you know, but I think New England's only been on once or twice. I don't think that's been well. A big again, though, only no. One I understand that. I understand that the, the schedule, but. I'm just saying. Let's reiterate. Speaking of the NFL schedule, yeah. do you have a thought on – I guess we talked about this a little bit before. I can't remember if it was on a podcast or off the podcast. But if they go to 17 games, what happens with that last game? Like right now, the schedule well, is so I th- easy I th- to understand. Gl- no, we did talk about that, I think, coming home from ETSU. And I can't remember if it was the podcast or not either. But um, I think it was the day after, two days later. I forgot to clip it and send it to you. I think there was – because it seemed to make the most sense that that 17th, and not saying the 17th game, but one of the 17 games would be a neutral site game. Right. And, and it n- seems and like, that looks like that's not going to be the case. Right. So some teams might get an extra home game or an extra road game. Or right. And the equitable way to do that would be every year would alternate. So the AFC team right. would have eight home games one year, right. and all the NFC teams would have I nine, just think, and then vice versa. Doesn't it just make more sense to just 
with trying to bring the NFL to different places, with maybe trying to do the different things. I just think it would, it would be so much more enjoyable, I think, from a fan experience, and maybe for fans that don't have access to NFL football time, to, to find you know 17 neutral sites or whatever. Well, I don't think it's a problem to find it. Yeah. I, I think for one reason or another, they just don't want to have that many games. Yeah. I mean, I, you and I talked about it again. I don't remember if it was on the podcast yeah. or not. But, you know, I think you can play eight games in London and you can create a season ticket package yeah. for people in London. So then you're only talking about needing to find another yeah. eight games. I think you can play two in Mexico City. Do a couple three in Toronto, if you want, you know? and then you're only talking about you play a couple other games in Europe. You can play yeah. a game in Canada or two. I, I don't think it's that. Maybe hard. bring a game to San Diego. <laughs> well, you, you actually you actually could do yeah. you know kind of other USCs yeah. that don't have. I mean, you could you could play a game in San Antonio every year. It wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. You could remember when but the you'd Packers, have to probably put the Cowboys there, right? Sure. Remember when the Packers yeah. used to play in Milwaukee? Yeah. You you can do yeah. something. Same I mean, th- there are options, but for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like they want to do that. Fenway Sports Group is chomping at the bit for a Patriots game no. at Fenway Park. No question. No question. Early look at next week's lines. I took last week off, but you got the bye week when the Patriots had a bye, so I I think it makes sense. Early look. Looks like the Patriots are laying three and a half at Houston. I don't even need to ask. We know you're going to take the Patriots, and quite frankly, against Bill O'Brien, I would too. too. I mean, like— they are but I don't think favorite. they covered against the they Cowboys. They are road favorite. They did not cover yeah. against the Cowboys because they didn't elect to kick a field yeah. goal at the very end, and the Cowboys and they did missed two kick field the goals. field goal, yeah. and they missed two field goals, so they, they didn't cover. I haven't spent a great deal of time looking at these lines this week because it is only Literally. Monday. I kind of think Philly's going to lay it to Miami, though. I've watched yeah. Philly the last two weeks. Their offense has looked like a mess, but their defense is really, really good, and you got to believe they're going to start getting players back, and maybe this is a little bit of a softer spot for their offense against a a mediocre Miami defense. So maybe Philadelphia lay in a touchdown a little bit more than a touchdown, but I'm not so sure that I'm not going to have a better bet later in the week. We have something exciting going on at the end of this week. Winthrop is playing at Cameron Indoor Stadium against Duke on Friday. Does that change your Thanksgiving at all? Well, yes, because I'm going to have to – well, I'm going to try and be better at front-loading uh, my Duke prep earlier in the week because um, I know I'm going to have a chunk of time on Thursday that, that you know, I have to – got to fry the turkey, Dave. Right. I mean, that doesn't – that turkey doesn't fry itself. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I like to watch football, and, and as we know, I don't do two things at the same time anymore. So, um, no, I, I'll, I'll do prepping during during the game and, and when I can on Thursday. It'll, it'll, I'll try to front load more of what I do early. We've both called a women's game yes. at Duke. Now, was that the only time you'd been there? I or? have been there for a men's game just okay. as a fan. Yeah, This will be my second time there, first time for a men's game. Yeah. Like, are you more interested to watch K, five-time national champion, 1,100 career wins, or maybe – Duke's team, they are ranked number one in the country. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if he's a lottery pick or exactly where he's going to slot in, but but they certainly have, you know, players, Vernon Carey, who's, yeah. who's an NBA player, or more the building or more Winter beat the 18th ranked yeah. team in the country. You know, what is their chance? Like, to you, what's the most interesting part of, the trip in the game uh, to me it'd be like somebody 30 years ago going 
that didn't have an opportunity to grow up as a Celtics fan going to the Boston Garden and just seeing the great Celtics team yep. and Red Auerbach, you know, and I think this is the same kind of thing. Uh, we did again. We did see it for uh, for a women's game, but I think it, it's going to be different, different atmosphere. Very much. It, so. I, I almost. I mean, I think it's good for Winthrop that that's the case that it's it's happening when it's happening, but you'd almost like to see it like when the students are going to be in there. I mean, sure. there, there still will be a, a the yep. Cameron crazies, but it's not going to be the full experience. Yeah. But it's still going to be good. I think I'm excited to see it. I'm excited. I've I've been a huge follower. Uh, you know, I've I've liked to study Coach K's career. I, a couple of years ago, I had a chance to talk to him at the ACC basketball. I don't think I've told you this story before, but I was really, and it goes back to what we were talking about with Bill Belichick. And I remember because this was right around the time where he he really wasn't getting the one and dones. Uh, but I think that was maybe the first class uh, in a while. And I and I said to him, I said, you know, when you construct your roster, you know, are you looking for a particular guy? Or are you just going out and getting the, the 12 best players and then and figuring it out? And he's like, no, I like to get the best talent available, and then I figure out how I can coach them. And not you have to come in and be a machine and, and do, what, do what I want you to do. Trivia, next two Winthrop games mm-hmm. at Duke, home for Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Who is the younger head coach? Oh. Mike Krzyzewski or Cliff Ellis? I feel like this is a trap. I think Coach K is the younger one. Coach K is 72. Cliff Ellis yeah. is 73. Yeah. 145 wow. years worth of coaches coming up on Winthrop's schedule. But what's interesting, I think, about Coach K is he – I wouldn't say he's a renaissance man, but he could have had a chance to go to the NBA several times. Sure. Um, but he's he stayed at Duke, and he's almost become like the – Dean of college coaches in some respects, right? Um, or at least one of them, and and then everything that he's done internationally with Team USA, and, and I that's he's changed his legacy to a large degree. Yeah. He was always going to be one of the great college coaches of all time, but there are so many players, LeBron James, who didn't play college right. basketball, who has such an enormous respect, and because he coached Team USA, a relationship sure. with them, absolutely. And and obviously, it's helped. You know, it's probably helped them on the recruiting trail, but I don't. You know, he was you know West Point. He was a lieutenant in the army. I mean, he's he's you know very patriotic and and and, and thoughtful too. Like you know, when you listen to his press conferences, sometimes he'll delve into things that aren't necessarily just basketball related. I, I think he's fascinating. I love watching him. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see him. I'm interested to see the Duke experience. And of course, Duke always you know now they get the great players. So it's going to be fun to watch that team too and see what see what you know what Winthrop's players. We've we've you know seen this team now for six games. They'll be playing a game tonight that we you know obviously aren't going to be able to talk about until next week. Uh, it is a non D one. My opponent. guess is we're not going to talk about them. Probably not. Uh, it is going to be an interesting style. They they play kind of a havoc, you know, crazy style, which is good for Winthrop. Um, but no, that so that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to, to taking in the uh, the experience. Well, I am too. Yeah. Hopefully, Winthrop plays well, and we have a lot of exciting things to talk about moving forward. That's the Bearded Cartcast for this week. Be a part of the show. Send us an email, beardedcartcast at outlook.com. Tweet at us at Bearded Carcast, and thanks for listening. Leave us a review.